coming up on another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. We talk all about Carmichael Hunt and the situation developing on the Gold Coast. We talk about this week's coming NAB Challenge matches. We talk about rule changes. We talk about umpire trials. And the AFL's looking at a women's league. All that and more coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. I am, of course, the Wookiee with me tonight, discussing all the matters concerning AFL footy this week. I have Messenger. Good evening. Good evening. And joining us as well from the Bulldogs board, I have Mike. Good evening, guys. It's been a big week in footy. I personally cannot wait for the NAB Challenge to start. I'm not getting the shakes and stuff. It's... uh, Quite frankly, cricket season has just bored me witless and don't get me started on the soccer. Guys, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm, I'm all a quiver. <laughs> Tomorrow night's the night. It's like Santa Claus is coming down the chimney. I, I'm desperate for some football. Desperate. That's, that's not what you were saying a minute ago. You were saying you were so intrigued with the island match that you just didn't care about football. Listen, listen, Mike. This is this is a professionally run podcast, and we won't have any of your bloody shenanigans. So let's just stick to the business of uh, Big Footy Podcast, please. Oh God, not sure of serious. JPG. All right, all right, all right. No, it's good. It's good the footy's back on, albeit the no Mickey Mouse Cup trophy, whatever you want to call it. But you know, it's, no it's good to have footy. No, no, it's good to have the footy back. All you, all you get if you win is a warm feeling deep inside. <laughs> Oh, God, could you imagine the uproar of, of any side in the NAB Cup that loses to the uh, top opposition team? I, I, I wonder. I, I wonder whether, because I've given them the softest of powder puff practice match draws, uh, I wonder whether the Saints might might get a get a splattering, actually. Mm. Well, it'd be definitely interesting. Well, yeah, I guess you've got the Saints, GWS, and, uh, and the Ds, so anything could happen. They, they didn't draw those out of a hat, did they? <laughs> of course they did. All right, before we get into the agenda tonight, guys, uh, what's caught your eye this week? You know what's caught my eye this week is, again, the AFL meddling in rules and going places that don't really need to. I think there's a lot of things we're going to talk about tonight, but I'm not sure that, that uh, the Chief Gillen McLaughlin and his counterparts really have their heads screwed on. Mm, mm, no, we are definitely going to be discussing that shortly. Messenger, I, I, my attention turned to um, Queensland, and we will talk about this. But uh, that is quite a turn of events up there on uh, southeast Queensland, and uh, who knew professional athletes uh, used cocaine? Mm. Um, what caught my eye this week, and something we'll discuss a bit later on as well, uh, the AFL announcing that they're going to bring forward uh, the concept of a women's football league uh, in 2017, which will be great. It'll finally give someone uh, for Melbourne to play on a weekly basis. Mm. Mm. Might even win. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Melbourne people. It, it, it had to be said. Anyway, on to the main story for the week. And Carmichael Hunt has been charged by the Queensland Crime Commission in regard to uh, dealing or trafficking cocaine. We're not sure which at the moment. 
um, along with several NRL players. No Suns players, no other Suns players have been uh, charged as of yet, and we're expecting that to come up within a week. The AFL has asked for information. It's been denied. It's worth noting that the AFL wasn't the only organisation asking. The NRL were heavily involved as well, and the Queensland Crime Commission has said, no, we're not giving out any uh, information at this point. Uh, the Suns have questioned all their players, apparently, and none of them are admitting to anything, so it's all clear. Mike? You know, this is a modern-day version of, uh, or a 2015 version of uh, Cousins, isn't it? Really, the whole Cousins affair with cocaine. I mean, they're, they're obviously catching it now early, but one's got to wonder. You know, I think they're only just at the tip of the iceberg here with, with party drugs in the AFL. You look at how many young guys there are in the game today and, and how much money are thrown at them. And, and, you know, we had an incident a couple of years back with uh, young Tom Libertore. And, you know, so I think it's it's a, it's a lot more rampant than what we've seen, really. Mm. And it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it goes deeper than, you know, than the rabbit hole. Mm. I, I, I had an interesting discussion with one of the other Hawthorne mods during the week and, and essentially the argument, the argument he makes is that this is a recreational drug. If you want this to be handled, it needs to be handled down legal channels. The AFL has no business getting involved in the private lives of footballers. The counter-argument, which I tend to think of, is if you would like to be paid a lot of money to kick a ball around, your employer is going to take an interest in what you do. And most employers do. That's why you have drug tests at a lot of workplaces. Well, well, not all drug. I mean, you have you have drug tests at workplaces where you involve heavy machinery, where your aircraft pilots, things like that. There's no indication that taking cocaine is a makes it for an unsafe workplace. So they don't have a. I mean, and you, if you draw the line, then all of us could be drug tested in our workplaces and and. Uh, and have to have to face that sort of repercussion as well, particularly you, Wookie, because I know that you're a massive fiend of the Charlie. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, look, it comes back to I guess the whole image of the game and where the AFL want to take the game. And you know, if they're coming from the view of the employer, then they've got to expect that AFL players are performing to the expected level without the use of drugs. Of you know, whether or not performance enhancing or not, party recreational drugs. And I think. The AFL on the recreational side of drugs is, is you know, sort of hasn't really done anything since the Cousins saga. Um, you know, we've had a few players in between that have that have been caught using them, but I, I think with what's happened now over the last few years, uh, they've really started to to uh, notice and, and, and start to come down hard, and especially, obviously, with what's going on over the last two years with Essendon Masada, I think they really can't sit back and, and turn a blind eye to it. They've got to be, They've got to show the public they're doing something because the public will look at the AFL and saying, hang on, you know, we don't want our young kids seeing these AFL stars um, taking drugs or be allowed to take drugs while playing the sport, you know? Yes, but they've got no... They've got no the mechanism they've got for this is based around drug testing. Correct. And it's based around positive, positive drug testing. And... And now, we don't know, of course, because the three-strike policy says that all this is confidential. So the AFL could unwittingly have been providing a, uh, a shield for some of this activity if it has been going on beyond Carmichael Hunt uh, at, the, at the Suns. But the, they cannot simply say, OK, well, we don't like this, this isn't a good look, therefore we're going to do this. 
I mean, if you look at this, is the sort of thing that happens in the NFL in the States with Roger Goodell, where he says, well, you know, you've done this, and therefore I think, hmm, let me spin the wheel. Yeah, you'll get three games. So there's no mechanism really for them to do something about this outside of the three-strike the three strike policy. And I don't think they can, st- they can just do one on the fly because, it, you know, we get back to the whole, the AFL the AFL essentially run like a Sicilian village business all the time, you know. I mean, it's just... Yeah, look, I see where where you're coming from, Messenger, and I think, you know, they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, and it comes back to how the administration comes up and and they need to set these rules. If they're going to do uh, random drug testing, um, it needs to be written into the contracts of the players um, that is part of their AFL player registration. They, They... uh, agree to being ran- to, to having uh, drug tests, but they can't bring it on them like that. They've got to go through a, a formal due process of having those rules um, introduced and allow the clubs to vote on them collectively. I think, you know, they can't take on a draconian stance and be dogmatic about it. I think they've got to they've got to show the public that they're doing something, but they've got to do it the right way. Well, it, well sorry, sorry, Wookie. No, no, isn't isn't cocaine in in season considered a performance enhancing drug? Well, it is, but. They haven't said that. that what, what have he? What's he been charged with? He's been charged with trafficking, I believe, which is a whole different yeah. kettle of fish. That's but a, that, that's not even an AFL concern at the moment. No, that's a criminal. That's a criminal charge. Mm. But do they have a mechanism to say, well, you've been caught with something that we don't like, therefore we're going to punish you here? There's no indication that they've he's tested positive, that publicly. No. So. They've developed this system. They need to follow it. They can't just say, oh, well, the system doesn't suit what this is. We're going to do something else. H- have the AFL actually said that they are considering changing that, though? Because I haven't seen anything that says they will. Sure, they could change it, but they can't re- make it retroactive, can they? No. The AFL no. has said that they are pushing, according to Richard Ings on Twitter, the AFL is pushing players for permission to hair test them for illicit drugs year-round. Yeah. Um, I actually thought they could already do that. Well, would you... well, not hair testing. I think they can do urine testing and stuff all year round under the well, CBA. Here's the question. Here's the question. Is that look, is that is that fair? Is that a fair thing to do? I mean, yes, it's illegal. If it's illegal, report them to the police. If it's not performance, if it's a performance enhancer, put it on the performance enhancing register and have it come under Asada's gaze. But if it's simply something that people do in the privacy of their own homes that's subject to criminal charge. Is it right for them to then say, okay, now we we want the permission to test your hair? Mm. I don't know, but Jonathan Brown is also uh, on record today as calling for tougher penalties for players caught using party drugs, according to the Courier-Mail. He's a man who'll be uh, using his platform, uh, his newly created platform, replacing Dunstall, I believe, on On the Couch. Oh, dear. Mm. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, I, I, I can understand where you're coming from, Messenger, but criminal or civil matters, what do you do when you get a situation where a player's been locked up? And he's <laughs> explained that, sorry, players, player X is locked up in jail for this weekend, so he can't play, so he can't fulfill his obligations. So it's a whole can of worms, I think, that the AFL really needs to look deep into. But you, you've got to have that consistency across the board. You can't say, it's, well, it's not okay to take performance-enhancing drugs, but it's okay to take party drugs. I think you're either yes or no on drugs. No, period. no, no. We're not so. Well, and I'm looking. I'm not condoning their use at all, and I'm not 
you know, like, I'm not a, a drug user. That's kind of sad to me that you are condoning well, it a little bit. Messenger. As long as you don't get caught, it's okay. That's what I'm hearing from you. I'm a bit Nancy Reagan on this, you know. <laughs> but, but the point is, if it's a, if there is a criminal jurisdiction for this, then let it be a criminal matter. Don't then create a club overlay that says, oh, by the way, we're going to act as a quasi-judicial, quasi-police force in this to protect our perceived interests. Because the truth of the matter is, I think if they scratch the surface, they're going to find that this is a pretty common thing in AFL football. It's a pretty common thing amongst men of that age group in general terms now, as far as I can tell, or as far as the statistics would say. So there's no reason to think that young men who make in excess of $200,000 a year don't do this. And again, I'm not condoning it. I'm saying it's a, it's a fact of life. Mm. And you, know, you either say, well, it's a criminal matter or it's a civil matter. But you don't say, well, we're going to come in over the top and, and impose this, that and the other on them. I mean, you could say, yes, you've signed on for it and this is the deal. But is that, I don't know, is that fair? Mm. No, all, all fair call. Thanks for your comments on that, guys. We are going to move on, though, to the NAB Challenge this weekend. I know you can't wait. Uh, it's um, it's 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 a big it's a big deal uh, for me personally. I I have looked forward to this for weeks, to be honest, and I never look forward to the NAB Challenge. There's just been something about this off season that has just not got me excited at all. <laughs> it's just uh, I just can't get into it. I can only handle so much cricket, I think, and um, I don't know. To be honest, I haven't really gotten into the cricket since you know. Matt Hayden retired, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> of, all, of all the names you could pull out, you had to pick that goose. Hey, 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 hey. One of Australia's best ever openers. I won't hear a bad word said about him. Now, we're going to talk NAB Challenge and coming up... Tosser. Sorry. It's too... <laughs> No challenge, sorry, no challenge. Get back on topic. Jesus. <laughs> Coming up on Thursday night, uh, a night game at Aurora Stadium between Hawthorne and Collingwood. Should be a big game for Tasmania, even if it's not in the main season. A night game at Aurora Stadium, Messenger? Absolutely. They've got lights and everything, and they'll be throwing coal in there at a massive rate <laughs> to keep those the candles burning. But um, Collingwood, I believe, are selling um, uh, one-game memberships. Oh, not really. It's it's a misnomer. They're selling memberships that are basically the same as their other non-access memberships, just to Tasmanians. Just They're literally the same price. It's, so it's... What, you know, just to use a just to get the cricket segue having it's what Shane would have called that's a foofy. Well, they they put you in the ballot for tickets to the NAB Challenge game. <laughs> But they, right. they don't they, they don't actually get you into the NAB Challenge game, so it, it is a bit uh, bit of a misnomer. But you can see those details on the Collingwood uh, membership site. It's uh, after weeks of I, I read the thread on Big Footy, and it was you know how dare they do this? This is a cheap grab for money and whatnot. And Collingwood are very good at doing that with their members. You can say a lot about them, but they know how to get money out of their members. However, in this case, they're getting money. And these guys still won't be members. <laughs> They're still not going to get entry to the game. So it's uh, worth noting, however, if you're a Hawthorne supporter, yes, you will yes. get free entry to the game. Uh, uh, sorry, a Hawthorne member, you will get free entry to the game at yes. Aurora Stadium on, fr- on Thursday night. Friday night, and I know this is close to Messenger's heart, 
Carlton will be on Foxtel <laughs> oh. uh, playing West Coast in Mandurah. That game starts at 4 p.m. <laughs> uh, starts at 5 p.m. No, where is it? It's 4 p.m. 4.10 p.m. West Standard Time. So, so uh, basically no one in Western Australia will go to the game, but it will be live on TV <laughs> in the East. <laughs> no, no, so no one will go. And, and is, there, is there a good possibility it'll be 47 degrees when they what? play? It's, it's, well, why, uh, I haven't checked the weather. Sorry. Because it's, it's, it's been done for the East Coast TV audiences. But, but even then, why would you start a game at 4.10pm in Perth time when people there are still at bloody work? Doesn't make because, sense. It, because they're only interested in Wookiee watching the match. <laughs> and I'll be at work, so I won't even be watching. I'll be That's right. acquiring it by other means later. Uh, Mick, will, Mick will be able to watch it because I believe that Mick is not going. Mick isn't going. His uh, wife is going undergoing an operation, so um, at... at, at their age, I suppose you'd want to hang around. Well, no, I mean, your know, family comes first in these things, and and uh, I imagine uh, you know, Alistair Clarkson will probably hand the reins of Hawthorne to one of the assistants and give him all the run like he did, um, like he did last NAB Cup. So, mm. you know, good chance to uh, who's go, who is going to step in for some young. Uh, Rob Riley, the coaching director at Carlton, will be uh, coaching. Uh, this All right, so I don't know why have... the assistant coaches aren't doing it, but the coaching director give... will be doing it. Why wouldn't they give a young assistant a crack at it? I don't know. Give Johnny Barker the reins. The or something. Sauce could do it. Yeah. He's back at Carlton now. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, and and as a result, all the recruiting staff have quit. So it's uh, so, so it speaks uh, speaks volumes about uh, that appointment. Is he, it, is, yeah. it, is it about him though, or is it about the? Uh... I'm not close enough to the Carlton people to know, really. Saturday, we really, need, we really need somebody on this podcast so you can give us the inside on Carlton. Should we get ODN back? <laughs> Saturday afternoon in the AFL's newly opened facility in Burpengary uh, at Moreton Bay. Uh, this game won't be broadcast, but the Brisbane Lions will be playing St Kilda. Um, so probably no one's interested anyway, really. Uh, <laughs> well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And first of all, we should we should offer our condolences to Nick Rewald and his family over. Absolutely, we should. Well, that was exactly. horrific, horrific. Twenty six years old, way too young. Um, the Paddy McCartan, I believe, is going to play for the Saints and need like fifteen diabetes injections a game. I saw. Um, I'm not sure what that's about, but uh, all jokes aside, our condolences do most definitely go out to. Uh, Nick Williams, uh, Nick, Nick, Williams, Nick, Nick Rewalt. Rewalt, thank you. Yes, and Thanks, and his family there in in what is an absolutely tough time without Shock. question. Absolutely, uh, no. The reason he needs so to meet have his blood glucose checks off is because he's exercising so hard. He's and he's burning glucose; it'll keep coming down. So it's not just a matter of whether he needs insulin. It's actually a matter of whether he needs to keep his glucose up. There you go. You've right, heard, you've heard it from Dr. So Messenger. Got, so he's got to keep it in, in the right range. So that game won't be broadcast. I'm not aware of any streaming being done for that either, but it wouldn't surprise me if that does so. Stay tuned to your club websites for that. Saturday afternoon, Mike, uh, at well, Saturday evening at 4.40, the Western Bulldogs will play Richmond in what should be a big game at the Witten Oval, or the Western Oval. Absolutely, I'm or still trying mission. to wrangle how I get out of the line from it before I've got to get across to the <laughs> Western Oval. But um, 
it'll, it'll be good to see uh, the Bev, Luke Beveridge, uh, coach his first game. Sorry. Let's see how it goes. The Bev. The Bev. The Bev. That's is, that right. what, That's... is that what you've come up with? The Not Bev. me. No, 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 no. A few, a few personalities on our board have started calling him the Bev. The Bevster. The Bevinator. The Bevinator. Well, it's better than McCarthy. We had caught Mr. Corlay from McCarthy. So um, I, I've seen some photos of the development down at the Witten Oval, Mike, as we were talking about before the podcast. It's looking a lot different to when I played on it in 88. Yeah, but what, that, uh, the, the ground no longer holds water actually drains. No, they've actually put a bit of money into the ground there, so it's a lot, lot better in playing the BFL last year. Certainly gave it a good run. But um... Sorry, can we just take a step back here, Wookie? In what... In what um... Capacity did you actually play on the Western Oval? <laughs> was it kick to kick at half time? <laughs> he was the water boy. <laughs> no, it was primary school uh, district finals. Oh my god, that's yes, right. Yes. And the state right. the state final that year was held at Victoria Park, but we got walloped in the semis by Geelong Grammar. Sorry. Now, here's a bit of trivia for you, uh, Messenger. Wookie told me before the start of the show that he actually grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne, Footscray. Well, amongst, amongst, amongst many places, but uh, yes. I spent some time uh, grade five and six and the start of high school at uh, Footscray West Primary and Maribyrnong High School. Uh, you're not going to believe this, Wookie, but that's exactly the schools my father went to. Well, I didn't, <laughs> know, I didn't born, know your dad. He was... Well, no, because he's about 60-odd, but he was born on Barclay, lived in Barclay Street, went to West Footscray Primary School and went to Maribyrnong High. There you go. But I bet he didn't go to uh, <laughs> Monterey High School in Frankston as well. So. No, no, he went to, he went to Nutterwadding High after that. But oh, Dodged God. a bullet there. <laughs> Dodged a absolutely, bullet. absolutely. Well, the only place you could have gotten worse was the Pines. Oh, Monterey High School is in the Pines. Oh, I had to ride through the Pines to school every day. The Pines aren't so bad. That's where Dermot Brereton came from. That's exactly right. All right, so that game at the Whitnova was broadcast on Foxtel Live. Uh, so tape your eyes open for that one, I suppose. Are you actually allowed to um, stand, take a slab to stand on, <laughs> like the old days? <laughs> A bit, of, a bit of wet, wet, bit of, bit of Western sure, Oval culture. I'm not even sure it's fenced off the Whitten Oval. Oh, no, it, well, for the NAB Cup games, I think it will be fenced off because it's ticketed. So no. the VFL games, it wasn't fenced off. To mm. protect but, the sanctity of the hallowed turf. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, that, that brings back memories of you talking about the Cairns. I used to remember having to stand on big Cairns to see the game when I was a young kid sitting up there on the outer. I remember... I, I uh, was taken to the Witten Oval by my dad in a last-ditch effort to get me to convert to the Bulldogs. And it was some miserable game in the middle of July. And it, I think they were playing West Coast from memory. And I was walking along the terrace and happened to kick a, kick a can, a half-full can of beer over. And the guy who owned the can hadn't seen it, but his mate had. And he just looked at me and he mouthed the word, Run. <laughs> that, was my, that was the last time I ever been to the window. <laughs> All right, moving along. A Sunday afternoon, well, Sunday evening at Centenary Oval in Port Lincoln, um, which is in the middle of nowhere. If you've never been there, it's the cat. It, like it's where the tuna fishing is all done. So it's miles from anywhere. Um, at Centenary Oval, Adelaide will play North Melbourne in a game that will 
probably sell out and isn't broadcast anywhere and should be riveting for all concerned. Uh, about the same time on the Townsville football ground, uh, this is Sunday, 3.40pm local, um, it will be 4.30pm in Victoria and other places where they still actually have daylight savings, but uh, we'll be broadcast live, Gold Coast Suns versus Geelong. So, For riveting stuff, that's Sunday afternoon. It, it, it should be noted as well that if you are watching, planning on watching online on uh, watchafl.com.au, uh, you can do so for free during the pre-season competition if you live outside of Australia. So we'll have a VPN. I think it also applies to uh, AFL, or you can watch it on, yes, well, if, if you have a VPN or other means to get around uh, legal blocks, that's fine. If you want to be a pirate messenger, that's that's entirely up to you. But oh, you know, given I'd your, be, I'd be watching the game at Bourbon Gary this weekend. Given given oh. your now well established credentials as a drug taking advocate, <laughs> I uh, expect no less. It's been my life's my life's ambition to say Bourbon Gary with a pirate, like a pirate. <laughs> Bourbon yeah. Gary. Now, now, now we know why he's a side admin. Now yeah, we know why. That's right. <laughs> Moving bring, along, bring the fire, baby. Bring the fire. <laughs> Moving along quickly, uh, Essendon's top-up players continue to be revealed. Uh, Ex-Brisbane uh, Lion Sam Michael has been announced uh, today, I believe. Uh, two hundred one, uh, two hundred centimeter, twenty-one year old, played three games for the Lions in two thousand and thirteen. Mm. Uh, was due to play for Redland this year, so he's been pulled from the Queensland Football League. Uh, he joins players of the uh, calibre of Clinton Jones, uh, Mitch Brown, James Magna, Mitch Clisby, Jared Petrenko, and yeah. Jason Polkinghorn. Yeah. Well, Jason Polkinghorn was in their VFL team already, wasn't he? Apparently so. Yes. So th- these are all guys that will be playing for the Bombers, at least during the pre-season. Fantastic stuff. And also note that James Hurd's uh, appeal against the federal court decision to go to the high court must be lodged by Friday, and as of today, I don't believe it has been. So, stay tuned for that. They're not going to do it, are they? Please tell me. Let's only talk about this, but they're not going to do it. I would, I would expect them not to, but who knows? I wouldn't have expected them to appeal against the Middleton ruling, but mm. her did. So, um. Sticking with the NAB Cup, Tim, uh, just quickly, uh, the league is trialling four umpires in the NAB Challenge. Uh, the league has said even if it's successful, they won't uh, won't be transferring that to, to uh, the 2015 home and away season. Good. So, yay for that. Mike noted before the podcast started that the sub rule is probably going to go at the end of the season, according to the AFL. So we'll, mm. we'll see if that actually happens. I don't like it. So, you don't like what the sub rule? Don't like the sub rule, but then again, I don't like tampering with the rules at the best of times. Well, neither do I. But I mean, the, I guess the question is, why did they bring the sub in? What was the role of the sub? The sub was to reduce interchange numbers. Yes, but then they didn't reduce interchange numbers. So, well, no. when they put the, then they put the cap on the interchange, and everybody came in under it. Mm. Did anybody get pinged for breaching the interchange cap? No. No, not that I know of. So they so they sort of reduced the interchange numbers in that respect. It was a, a pretty decent cap on it anyway, but I don't know. 
It's also worth noting that there will be a stricter interpretation on holding the ball. Um, more along the lines of what we expect, I believe, but we'll see how long it lasts for. And various coaches are caught... Well, actually, Gil McLaughlin today said that the league is looking into shortening quarters. So apparently no one can leave the game alone for five minutes. We're just going to keep tampering with it every year for the hell of it. <laughs> Not to mention they're looking at introducing technology involving radio frequency chips into footballs linked to gold barcodes. How's that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and new gold cameras will be set up at the Adelaide Oval and Subiac and speed up the gold review process. What are they doing over there? Don't know. I honestly don't know. Notice as well that uh, Paul Sargent, the head of Etihad Stadium, is uh, is expecting an announcement in coming weeks regarding food pricing at Etihad Stadium. This is after they already approved uh, people bringing their own food into the stadium and said that they're going to trial people bringing in their own uh, food purchase from outlets outside the stadium as well. So we'll see how that goes and see if anything happens. There's also rumours about that the AFL may be about to buy the stadium early, so... Mm, interesting. It is interesting, because mm. the AFL doesn't have the money at the moment, yeah. unless they made a lot this year, given their annual report hasn't come out yet. They may have to um, get their last couple of pay slips and go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of annual reports, the NRL... Uh, has released their financial results, uh, made a thirty million profit, I believe, and have about a hundred million in the bank for wasting on the NRL, I suppose. Well, they'll wait. They'll probably be wasting it on keeping the Gold Coast Titans alive, won't they? Well, they have committed four million to allow them to recruit better, apparently. Better. <laughs> because so, while while the NRL have a salary cap, they don't have a minimum spend on the salary cap like uh, AFL clubs do. We we have to spend ninety five percent of the cap, which I think is crap as well. But yes, it's um it's it's what. The NRL have the salary cap, but they don't have the minimum spend. So you can spend half of it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to spend at all. In the AFL, you can be paying 20 plotters three times their worth because you have to spend the cap. So it, infl it inflates market value at the lower levels, in my opinion. What they could do is that they could use the NBA system of the salary floor and say, right, well, you have to be at this level. And if you're below the salary floor... At the end of the season, you have to pay the difference and divide it between all your players. You could do that too. Yeah. You could do that. Uh, while, was, while we're on financials, GWS's financials came in and are worthy of some discussion. Uh, <laughs> to the point, they were, uh, they were put out on Friday, uh, not Friday, Monday, uh, by The Age and prompted a very quick response from the GWS on their own website explaining their financial situation. Um, but they received an extra $3.2 million in funding. I haven't seen the GWS report yet, so I'm not entirely sure how accurate any of this is, given it was reported in the media. But um, I'm not too phased about the extra money myself. I don't know how you guys see the financial strategy going there. Well, the financial, strategy, the financial strategies, the GWS are essentially, in financial terms, a giant sinkhole into which you throw 
many, many $50 notes and never see them again. Would that be a fair? Uh, that would that be a fair characterization? I'm not. I, I don't <laughs> know would, about the never see it again like, philosophy. It's sort of like owning an Alfa Romeo. <laughs> yes, I can see that. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's money that they, they could spend because they could afford it at the time. I don't think GWS was the wisest of decisions. I understand why it was made. I understand that they wanted footy there every week and. I just when you look at the difference in the way GWS and Gold Coast were set up, um, Gold Coast have this amazing platform to build on that GWS never had. To the point where the GWS CEO was fired by the AFL um, and replaced with a guy from AFL headquarters. So I just I I would have preferred to see Gold Coast and Tasmania as opposed to Gold Coast and GWS. I think Gold Coast is going to work, but GWS, I'm still not sold on it uh, on, on, on it being a success at the end of the day. Well, really, I mean, Sydney have now been... The Swans have been in Sydney for 34 years now, and they would have turned a profit how many times in that 34 years? Um, Maybe four times. Maybe four times. And, and in that time, they've been perennially successful. Two premierships. They've missed the finals in probably a decade. Mm. And and yet, they're still sucking air through a straw. Mm. Well, they did make a million-dollar profit this year, which isn't bad for the Swans. Well, it's, that's it, very it is good, a, actually. It's very good for any football club. I mean, you know. It is important to remember, though, that AFL clubs are specifically non-profit organisations. They they are not required to make big profits. They are just expected not to make big losses. Now, you should someone should be telling that to the Brisbane Lions or St Kilda, who are both a couple of million in the hole this year. Um, St Kilda in particular is very worrying for me. Well, it's one of those things, guys, that you know the AFL went ahead with the GWS, and I think they'd be an embarrassment if they decided to pull the funds now. So they're sort of committed. They're not going Probably to pull not. the. They're not going to pull the funds now, but absolutely. So when they're committed. They're committed to, to, to standing up for the next couple of years at least. Anyway, to, to keep keep sinking the funds and, and keep filing them out until they can become sustainable if they have to do at that point. So, mm. and that's what I think the AFL is hoping that they'll they'll stick with it long enough. And GWS in a couple of years' time, like like Gold Coast have now done, is they're coming to a point now that they're becoming competitive in the game. And they'll start to woo more, uh, you know, a bigger supporter base, and I think that's what the AFL is is hoping that they're going to emulate. I think I think the errors in GWS were one that the G in GWS for a start, the branding was just appalling from the word yes. go. Um, the splitting of games between Canberra and Sydney was appalling from the word go. It wasn't a good look. Doesn't matter how you interpret it or the reasons for it. And I understand the reasons for it because, you know, $20 million over 10 years is a handy sponsorship to have in the bank. Or $23 million over 10 years is a handy sponsorship to have in the bank. But it comes at a cost. People perceive that you're not committed to your area. Mm. You're not committed to one area. You're not committed to the other area. You're only playing four games in Canberra. You're playing seven games in Sydney. You know, then they stuffed up the whole Blacktown thing. And then they fired their CEO because he was incompetent. Their sponsorship is basically linked to AFL sponsorships. Um, all their major sponsors, except for Skoda, who have now left, 
uh, were AFL sponsors um, and presumably gotten for them by the AFL. They, they, their stadium deal is nowhere near equivalent to what the Gold Coast got. It's just not... I, I don't think it's going to work in the long run. I, that would be, I think, a fair assumption. But, I mean, they for them to know, I mean, you're, you're probably talking about decades until they work that out. I, I think mean, it'll be at least a decade. Well, hmm. I think it'll be two. The, AF, the AFL budgeted for the first six or seven years, I believe, uh, $200 million. Now, at the moment, as of 2013's annual report, they'd spent just over $100 million above the annual distributions that all the clubs get. They, they, they need to... It's a, it's a demographics and a fan issue as well, mm. and they, don't, they need to get, capture the hearts and minds, shall we say, of the, um, of the local populace, and they're just miles behind the Wanderers. I, I would go mm. as so far as to say, suggest that GWS crowds at the moment mainly consist of uh, Swans people going to see, well, not necessarily Swans people, but AFL people who support other clubs going to see their clubs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, yeah. yeah. That's... And, and I mean, we probably all know people over our time who have lived in Sydney and bought a Swans membership just to go and see football. And I, I think it's more prevalent now because you can buy those three-game memberships where... Yeah, that's right. You don't have to go to every game. You can just go to the games that you want to go to. And, you know, if your club comes to Sydney twice a year, <laughs> you know, which yeah. is almost no Victorian club anyway, but or if you're Hawthorne, you never go to Queensland. Well, that's <laughs> like, right. But or Carlton going... not going to Adelaide this year. Don't think I'm not angry about that either. Oh, really? Not, no, not, to not even, not once. <laughs> not once. That is peculiar, because usually you go at least once, don't you? Oh, there's no reason why every club in Victoria cannot travel to at least every state at least once. No, I agree. There's, there's no reason. I, I don't get it. I don't get why some clubs can go to New South Wales twice, but never to Queensland. I don't get why clubs can go to... Adelaide twice, but never to WA. Well, you know. Hawthorne have been, or I won't say they've never been, but they've they they've been to the to Metricon. Uh, Metricon last year, actually no, they probably twenty thirteen. I don't think they went to Queensland at all, but they always go. To I don't Perth think you guys have been to Queensland for a home uh, and away season game since t- like two thousand eleven. No, we were there last season. Did you? We were at Metricon to play the Gold Coast early in 2014. You sure that wasn't pre-season? No, it was round four. And oh. we were there in 2012, last round of 2012. Well, speaking of other AFL boondoggles as we were, uh, Gillan McLaughlin proposing to move forward uh, women's football. Um, again, I apologise to Melbourne people for alluding that they were a female football side. Uh, obviously they're not. Uh, Jack Watts aside, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> sorry, I can't help it. That's that. Is, that come on, come on. We're, we're better. We we're, we're better than this. We had a stern talking to after last week's debacle. That, we, that was so bad we can't even put it on air. We don't talk about it last week. We um, well, let us never speak of it again. But I tell you what, this is this is a low light in the podcast. The proposal for a women's football league uh, by the AFL is supposed to come... It's been brought forward. It was originally proposed for 2020. 
um, but is now proposed to be brought forward in time for the next uh, TV rights bid, which makes me think it's part of the content offering that they want to put in, mm. um, which wouldn't surprise me if that included state football broadcasts as well. Um, it's expected to be about 10 teams, I believe, uh, that may or may not be aligned with AFL clubs, um, but uh, it has apparently been talked to with every state league boss. The age article on this site's 51,000 women who are registered as AFL players. I have massive doubts about that number's accuracy, <laughs> given that there are 160,000 people reported in the AFL's 2013 report as total participants in football in Queensland, and 100,000 of those are in school football. Yes. So, uh, I, I would wonder about the depth and quality of the play. I mean, there's a women's football league already in Victoria, which I imagine would end up being the basis of it. So whether the AFL are looking to plunder an existing football league to form another league or simply dilute the playing quality of the of the league is um, is an open question. But I can't imagine they can run the Victorian league and the... There are, there are state women's leagues in South Australian WA as well, I believe. Um, I'm not sure how big they are, but I, I posted on the forum today that I wouldn't be surprised to see international footballers come in uh, for drafting, from, uh, especially from Canada and the United States, where they have fairly good numbers of female footballers, some of whom are already in Australia playing. Oh, so oh, I would expect yeah. the women's football competition to be more international international than mm. the AFL. Well, if you played it over a short period, could you actually have an international side come over and play? Probably. Yeah, have the Americans bring a team over and have them play for? Well, know, eight the weeks Americans bought the Americans and Canadians each bought two full female football teams over for the uh, international cup last year. Um. Mm. How so, did they go? Yeah, that was all right. That was actually I think Canada, Canada ended up winning. Yeah. And Canada, Canada's where the strength is, I think. They, they, they have a lot of very strong footballers up there, and uh, their captain is playing, uh, has played in Australia for a while with one of the Victorian clubs, I believe. Is that um, Bigfooty's own? No, 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 no. No? No, it's not Bigfooty's own. Um more's the pity there I think it's uh, Jenny Nichols I think her name is um, but she's um, she's been she's played in Australia and she was uh, well as Canada's reasonably good but I, th- I think there would be a lot of international uh, women interested in the competition because of the it'll beef up the talent pool for sure mm. so that's that's uh, pretty much um, that Yes. As as for where they'll be based, I expect I, I, it makes sense for them to be linked to AFL clubs. Purely from a facility and staffing perspective, it would save a lot of money uh, to do that. It's would they where, end up being branded with as part of that club? I so would, would you end I, up with a Carlton women's team and a Collingwood women's team? I don't know. I don't know if they'd go that way, or if they'd try and do what they have done with the TAC Cup. 
where the TAC Cups are kind of linked, but they've got completely separate names. Mm. It, it, it is... It, I think it's high time that the AFL looked at something like this. I mean, they've been dabbling their toes in the water for the last couple of seasons with uh, the, the women's games that you know where they draft the best 50 football women footballers in the uh in the well who make themselves available for melbourne and the dogs i think isn't it mike yeah the uh women's round that's right which i don't think it's actually played on women's round is it no it is played on women's round is it? it's, yes, no that's yes, right yes. it's 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 also coinciding with the um pink lady uh it, cancer foundation because there's two uh, games there's two games this year i believe um, instead of the one that there normally is. And it's always amused me that the uh, Field of Women event has never been on Women's Round. Well. What's with that? It's, <laughs> it's, it's always amused me too, Wookie, I must say. What's, what's with that? Well, you've got, every time Women's Round comes around, Caroline Wilson gets on her high horse about how we don't do anything about women, and then a couple of weeks later, completely outside of Women's Round, <laughs> we have this whole Field of Women thing. How has that not occurred to someone to join the two? Anyway. Yes. Um, so I, I expect them to be kind of joined together, whether it's official or unofficial, and whether clubs can afford it, as well as another story. I mean, Collingwood and Hawthorne in Melbourne definitely could. Um, I don't think any of the other but clubs... But this sounds like yeah. it's something that's... This is sound, doesn't sound like it's been driven by the clubs. It sounds like it's been driven by the league. So they could say, hey, Hawthorne, here's your I, I women's think... team, and... I think the league would definitely provide some funding for it, but I reckon it might come down to bidding by the Victorian clubs as to who wants it. Mm. Um, well, I'm going to correct you on something, Wookie. Yes, Last sir. year, women's round was June 27 to June 30, and the Western Bulldogs-Melbourne game at the MCG was June 29. So they did play in that, in that sort of women's round week. Yes, but when was the Field of Women event? <laughs> that was... That was uh, I think that was the day of the, the Dogs and uh, Demons game. Was it? Yeah. No. 29th, Saturday 29th. No, I'm almost certain it wasn't. All right. I stand corrected on one on one thing. that Again, how am I going to be an AFL expert on community radio? <laughs> <laughs> Better polish up. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, I ever do that. All right, and as we wrap it up, um, anything that we haven't talked about, guys, that you want to uh, bring up before we close? Yes, actually, one thing. Um, <laughs> we've got to get in, otherwise Messenger wants to talk about his forwards, and you know. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He's loved the All right, what do you guys think about... I haven't seen it vetted yet in the Victorian government's public holidays, but grand final eve public holidays, or public uh, holiday. I, I saw this um, I saw this a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, Andrews. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was an election promise. Hmm. And it came up again in the papers uh, and media a few days ago, but it's still not a vetted public holiday under the government listings. Is it, is it that big an event in Victoria that it requires a public holiday? No. <laughs> like, uh, people... I, I, I would rather them actually bring back show day. <laughs> Melbourne show day. Not, you, you not miss... a grand final for the, for, you know, under a public holiday for the grand you, final. But you, no, it doesn't warrant public you miss... holiday. This is a shameless bit of political grandstanding. Yep. And I'm taking my football supporter half off and putting my manager hat on, mm. and saying it would just—it'll just cost business millions and millions of dollars for no good reason. I, I don't it's think anyone ridiculous. has suffered from not having a public holiday on Grand Final Eve. I mean, 
the crowds are still out for the parade. I don't see the need for it at all. No, Absolutely, it's... because they schedule it during the lunchtime anyway, so people yeah. will get away from work for an hour or two and then go back to work. So do they need a public holiday for it? No. 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 I, I, I thought you'd had something better than that, Mike, to be honest, from the uh, from the excitement you had, but I mean, to be honest, universal disapproval here. Try, try. I, I liked it, Mike. It was out of the box thinking that Mookie's clearly incapable of doing. Maybe, maybe you should be calling into Nor into where is he called? What's that place you're ringing into, Mookie? <laughs> two by two West. <laughs> well, hang on. Or are you going into the? Are you making an in studio appearance? No, no, no. Or... I'm doing it over the phone. Oh. That'll be Tribe FM if you're in the Wollonga area. Oh, well, <laughs> on Saturday what... morning from eight o'clock. They do better to speak to Mike, frankly. Quite frankly, I think if you even tune in, you've doubled the audience. For the... <laughs> but, oh, thanks um... for the vote of confidence, Messenger. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. <laughs> Are there uh, VFL trial games this weekend? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Absolutely I, no idea. I don't know. Mm. I'm looking it up right now. As am I. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, as we uh, come to a close, we are frantically trying to find out if there are um, <laughs> trial games this weekend. I'm sure Messenger will tell us in a minute. I'm expecting not. I know they start soon because there's a conflict with... Uh, Essendon games coming up. Oh yes, because most of this, most of the teams have had to give up players for Essendon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. Oh, here we go. Oh, come back. VFL practice matches. Let's have a look. Here we go. The answer is yes. Oh no, no. The answer is no. <laughs> The answer is we don't know, apparently. <laughs> the answer is no, no, no. Not till, not till mid-March. Okay. Not till mid-March. Well, there you go. Because so, their actual round... Oh. Yeah, so their first round is uh, in... Um, uh, end of March. These are trial games. Oh, no, they're all practice matches. They don't even stay in their season until the middle of April. Hmm. <laughs> I, could, I sense the wheels wobbling on this one. No, we can't. We're going to end up now, just before we go, Ireland require 36 runs uh, with 33 balls remaining, that apparently. That's just a wicket too, poor Paddies. Uh, five for 243 <laughs> as we oh, speak. I can't believe it. I've just hit a down in his throat. Bloody <laughs> hell. <laughs> five for 243 chasing the United Arab Emirates on nine for 278. Uh, needing 6.54 runs and over. And that's it from us tonight, before we get further derailed. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on, Mike. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank Enjoy you for coming on, night. Messenger. Oh, I can't wait to play, watch the Hawks play tomorrow. <laughs> I can't wait for you to watch Carlton play Friday night. I will be doing something else. <laughs> and we'll see you all next week on The Forum.